Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you all. Before I start today, uh, I want to personally just take a moment and say thank you to those of you who have been uh, praying uh, me through COVID. I, you know, I'm sure it's reached many of us, but uh, it's wreaked havoc on uh, on lots of on lots of us, including our household. That's why I wasn't been I haven't been here for two two weeks. The first was uh, because of an exposure to it. And the second week is because I got it. And uh, so we're trying to be very careful. But thank you if you've been praying and thinking about us as we go through the whole thing. Uh, I need to also personally thank um, and publicly thank Pastor Nancy for her work. Uh, you know, without her, we're sunk. Do you know that? <laughs> you Worship would have been, I don't know what worship would have been, but it wouldn't have been what it was without her being here. So my thanks goes, and I've already told her this, and she's heard it now twice, but uh, my thanks go out to her for taking on the lion's share of, oh, well, not the lion's share, all of it, of taking on all of worship, except for writing last week's sermon, which she shared, which was mine. Um, she did she did everything for the past two weeks, and I'm very thankful uh, for that. It's her gift of leadership um, that is very, very clear in times like this. It's clear other times too, but especially in worship leadership, and I'm very thankful for it. It's a great lead-in to what uh, I want to talk about uh, today. Uh, as Beverly just read, it's about spiritual gifts. But let's just back up one Sunday, and let me remind you that in what I wrote uh, for the sermon last week, I wrote that baptism does two things. Do you remember what they are? It tells us two things. I didn't think you would, but that's okay. I'll tell you anyway. Uh, first of all, it tells us who we are or whose we are. And secondly, it tells us what we do as disciples. So we could say this. We are children of God called to be followers. That's what the question of baptism answers. That's, that's what baptism does for us. And the question I would like to ask today is, how do we do that? How do we follow our call? How do we follow as uh, learners and disciples of Jesus Christ? How do we act? Well, the answer is in today's scripture and further as we get into the next couple of weeks as well. It has everything to do with being equipped to follow our call. You see, God in his wisdom has come up with a great plan for all of us to work together to follow our call to build the kingdom. He didn't just tell us to build up the kingdom, just go ahead and do it however we thought we should. He didn't leave it, leave it up to us. He didn't leave it to ourselves to figure it out. He also gave us a way to get it done. And that's what today's scripture is about. When we became believers, the gift of the Holy Spirit was given and all of us were given at least one spiritual gift, at least one, to use in conjunction with everybody else's to help us do the job of making disciples. The question is, do you know it? Do you know what you're supposed to do? Pastor John MacArthur says this, godly biblical church growth results from every member of the body fully using his or her spiritual gift in submission to the Holy Spirit and in cooperation with other believers. No local congregation will be what it should be what Jesus prayed that it would be, and what the Holy Spirit gifted it and empowered it to be until it understands spiritual gifts. 
The problem with the Corinthian church when Paul wrote this letter to them was that there were some who felt that they possessed spiritual gifts that were more important than the others. There were some who thought they had greater gifts than some of the others. So Paul had to write to them to remind them that every spiritual gift was important and that the one who gave them never meant for one to be more important than the other. It was a reminder of these things. They were all given by the Holy Spirit, says the scripture. And then Paul outlines nine of those gifts and how they're supposed to be used. Now that was not an exhaustive list of all the spiritual gifts, but it was a list that was pertinent to the Corinthians at the time. Other gift lists can be found in other places of scripture. We can find them uh, most notably in Romans and in Ephesians and uh, in the book of uh, Peter, 1 Peter as well. But the question it leaves us is this, do we know what our spiritual gifts are? Do we know how we've been equipped? And if we don't know what they are or how they're supposed to be used, we are missing out on how God wants to use us personally as disciples, one who is following God's call in the best ways we possibly can as individuals and a church. We miss out on that. If we don't know or don't use them or don't know how to use them, that's what happens. So it's important and necessary to know and use our spiritual gifts. I think that goes without saying, but important to say anyway. Here's an example of how spiritual gifts work. This is a story told by, uh, by a, a pastor, told of a woman whose name was Jody in his church that had the spiritual gifts of service and mercy. Those are the two gifts this woman, Jody, had. Over and over again, she was used in situations that brought great honor to the Lord. In one of those, there was a woman in the community who had eight children. One day, the terrible news came to this mother that her husband had been killed in a trucking accident in another state. And she was not only devastated by the grief, of course, but she was panicked as to what to do with her eight children because she had been asked to go to this other state uh, to take care of the husband's body and to make arrangements to bring it home. Uh, back to Tennessee, that was the state for funeral services. But that's when Jody, this person from the church, sprang into action with her gifts. Jody arranged for the eight children to be taken care of in the homes of church members. She organized it. She made sure the woman was taken to the airport and that she got on the right plane since she had never flown before. And when the grieving widow arrived back home a couple of days later, she was picked up at the airport and taken home. Upon arriving home, the grieving widow could not believe her eyes. The house was clean from top to bottom, all the laundry was done and put away, and there were eight pairs of little shoes completely shined and ready for the funeral service. The pastor preached the service. Two weeks later, the woman and the eight children started attending the church regularly, and soon after that, the mother accepted Christ as her savior and had all eight kids in the church. Why? Because a Christian lady with the gifts of service and mercy used her gifts. What happened is that this church experienced God at work through a woman exercising her spiritual gift. When she exercised her spiritual gift, God was glorified and the good news of Jesus Christ was proclaimed and the church came together in unity. Paul writes to the Corinthians, Regarding spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. 
And he wasn't yelling at the Corinthians, but he was trying to set them straight. He was trying to tell them that if some people think they're better than someone else because of the gifts that they have, they're mistaken. Everybody's gift is important. Everybody's. Everyone is supposed to contribute something along the lines of what they have to offer according to the Spirit. And Paul also makes it clear that whatever the gift, it is given by the same Spirit, however diverse or different they may be. The implication is that people have to recognize other kinds of gifts and cooperate with one another. The Spirit does not promote anything that does not help the whole community do what it needs to do as the church. I think you know this, but after Jesus established his church on earth and he ascended into heaven, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to equip his church with power and with spiritual gifts. They're called the charismata, that's in the Greek, so that his disciples could continue to carry out his ministry while he was gone, to carry out those same objectives that Jesus had. And I want to read a, a list, the short list of those gifts. There are 21 of them. But as I read them, I'd like for you to think if you can identify one or two that you possess. Which ones sound like gifts that you have? If you don't know them already, maybe this is new to you. But I hope you'll think about it. Before I read that, let me share an acronym with you that would help us to understand how spiritual gifts are supposed to be used. Let's use the acronym STRIDE, S-T-R-I-D-E. The S stands for spiritual gift, and God also uses the following, and I'll go into it a little bit more in just a bit, but the following you can follow through the acronym. T is for talents, R is for resources, these are the things that we have, I is for individuality, D is for dreams, and E for experiences. All of these come together to play a role in how we use and our spiritual gifts, how we function in the body of Christ. You put them all together, if you can personally put them all together, it's likely you know what God wants you to do for him. And for now, here's the, the list of the most common gifts. There are 21 of them listed in scripture. They're in three groups. The first group is the group of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. In another section, it's service, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, helps, and administration. And in a third grouping, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, faith, healing, and miracles. Those are 21 gifts. I'm curious if you have found yourself leaning toward one of those or thinking that, yes, I think maybe I do have that particular gift. It very well might be. Now, we don't have the time to go through each one, but it's very likely you have one or more of these. If you combine them and use them with the rest of your stride, you will know how you've been equipped to be an effective disciple. You answer the question of your baptism, what is my call, or how am I called? I think it's also important to reaffirm that God doesn't call you to follow because you have a spiritual gift or a certain stride. Rather, God equips you through the Holy Spirit who he has called, and he has called every single one of us to do something unique and significant for him. 
Maybe you've heard this before, that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And each one of us is called to follow God as a disciple. So God equips us not because, not because of anything else except for the fact that you were called to follow him. So don't let anyone tell you or don't think that your unique stride exempts you from your calling. It's because you are called that you have been equipped. The only decision we need to make is whether we will use what God has given us in the situations that surround us. And I remind you that through baptism, you and I have been called. So the question is, what will we do about it? I think each of us, not only as Christians, but just as an imprint of God's design, as part of his image, we were called to do something significant or make a positive impact on the people and the world around us. I think that's true for all of us. And the great thing about spiritual gifts is that we each use them in our own ways, or we are at least asked to consider how we use them. You and I are uniquely suited to do something important as followers and as part of the church. And if we don't do it, guess what happens? It doesn't get done. That's how important we are to the work that we're talking about here through our spiritual gifts. Don't you feel special then that God is depending on you and me to use what we have, what we've been offered to live lives of significance and importance? That should make you feel very special and very unique. If not, I think you should. Maybe it's just a case of knowing your gifts and then using them in context with your current situation. In fact, I think there are plenty of places on the internet you can go to actually, you could take a test. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, you can find any number. There's a whole bunch of them out there. You look up spiritual gifts test and you'll come across something that you could probably take and begin to uh, research and find out about what your spiritual gift is. And I would encourage anyone, if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, to go ahead and do it. It's actually very helpful to find out how you function in the body of Christ. But remember, God also gave you a stride to consider. And let me break this down at least a little bit more so we can begin to understand that even though there may be the same spiritual gift in a couple of different members or in different members, they're all used very differently because of our stride. So S stands for what again? Spiritual gifts. T stands for talent. And the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent is that you were born without a talent. You were created to have a spiritual gift, but your talents, the, you learned along the way as you grew up as you got older you learn these things for example music is a talent it's not a spiritual gift it's a talent it can be used along with a spiritual gift of encouragement or something like that like many in our choir sing of encouragement uh, when they sing their anthem on a sunday morning but the talent of music itself is not a spiritual gift i know how to play the trombone that's a talent of mine it's not a spiritual gift of mine I didn't automatically have, I wasn't automatically gifted with the ability to do that. It's something I learned how to do. So that's the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent. If you go to R, that's our resources. Perhaps you have resources of um, time or, 
or maybe money, or maybe it's an extra car that you can lend somebody when they need help, when somebody needs an, a vehicle because theirs is down or in the shop or something. Or perhaps you have a, a, a house at the shore, maybe. Maybe that second house at the shore could be used for the youth group retreat where they're trying to find a place to have a cheap retreat and maybe yours is the resource that could be used. Those are examples of resources that you have. And they're different for all of us. They are different. So if you put them all together, uh, it kind of paints a picture of how you'll use your spiritual gift. I is for individuality. That stands for the personality that you have. And as far as I know, there's only one person like you. There's only one personality like you. Um, and God is going to use that individuality, that personality, in a certain way in conjunction with spiritual gifts so that you can make an impact on the people around you. Okay? D is for dreams. We all have dreams of what we want the world to look like around us. We all have a dream of what things could look like. And uh, depending on that passion of yours, that's really what we're talking about here, is passion, um, that spiritual gift is going to be used differently as well. And then finally, the E stands for experiences. You have your own unique set. Each of us does our own unique set of experiences that go along with all of these other things, along with our stride to make us uh, available to God and how we use our spiritual gifts. The whole point is, Without you, without each other, we're incomplete as a church. And the world is missing out on only what you can offer as a disciple. If you don't use your spiritual gift, if I don't use my spiritual gift or gifts, then the church is missing out on something. And I am personally missing out on being, to, being able to help uh, figure out what needs to be done in the world around me according to what God has called me to do. Knowing your spiritual gift or gifts is the first stop in understanding your stride, and it's the right place to begin in understanding your call. Paul conveys through the scripture, each gift and person is necessary and needed. I'll say that again. Each person and each gift is necessary and needed. No one is more important than the other. No gift is more important than another gift. All are needed, and it's by design that we are used by God to follow our call, individually and together. And we should embrace the fact that Jesus needs even those of us who feel as though they don't have much to offer. Uh, if we read further in the scripture, we'd hear scripture about um, who has a lesser gift or seeming has a lesser gift, and the fact that that lesser gift doesn't mean it's not used as mightily as the other one, as the one that might be most outwardly, or the one that we could see most outwardly. Um, every gift and every person, no matter what the gift, is necessary for us to be the church. It's just not true if you think you don't have much to offer. It's not true. If we take anything from the scripture we've heard today, it's just that. You and I are extremely important in seeing that God's work is done. Each one of us not only are we called, we are also equipped. To know and to use our gifts is the way we follow our call. No one person nor gift is fully effective by itself. We are designed to use them together, and by using them together, we function the way the church was supposed to function. We are designed to use them together. So my prayer is this. 
that each one of us knows our spiritual gift. Do you know yours? And if you don't, my prayer is that you will come to identify it so that our church may come to be even more effective because each of us chooses to follow our call by using our spiritual gifts. My prayer is simple, brothers and sisters. I pray that God blesses us individually and as a church, as Lehman Memorial United Methodist Church, as we give ourselves to the job of making disciples for the transformation of the world, as we are called to be disciples ourselves and as we use our spiritual gifts. Now, I would say amen there, but I think we need to do something before uh, we, we close out a, a sermon, and that is to create or to see what internally, how we are responding to what uh, God is sharing with us this morning through the scripture. And I'd like for you to take just a moment in, uh, in silence in just a minute to be thinking about what your spiritual gift is. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, that's okay. But maybe God may be whispering to you today to say, hey, I have a job for you to do. Uh, I have a calling for you to follow. And I want you to use this spiritual gift. And if you don't know, maybe it's just something like, I think God uses me here or there when I do this or when I do that. That may give you some idea of what your calling is. But I'd like for you to take a moment and to try to think about what that is. And if you don't know how it is that God is speaking to you today about using your spiritual gifts. And after that, I'd like to close us in a brief prayer of thanksgiving for them. So would you think about those things just for a moment in silence and see what God might be saying to you today? God, we want to thank you today for equipping us to do what you call us to do. Without equipping us, we're left on our own. We're left to do what we think we're supposed to do. And frankly, that's not the way you see it. God, you've given us gifts so that we can uh, function as the body of Christ at this place and at this time in particular ways. And if we don't use our gift, God, we know that... Um, Somebody might be missing something. Our church might be missing an opportunity to serve or to reach into the life of someone around us, into in, even in our communities. And God, we would thank you that, um, as I said, for equipping us to do the job. We're not left to ourselves. We don't have to figure it out ourselves. We can rely on you and especially on your gifts. And God, as we figure out maybe in the coming weeks what our stride is and how else you would use us not just by spiritual gifts but by talents and resources and our personality and dreams and experiences but all that to be working through our spiritual gifts so that we might be able to uh, to teach and to tell and to show the love of Christ through what you have called us to do we just give you thanks for that today God if we don't know our spiritual gift help us to identify that Help us to identify the ways that we're supposed to be used in the church to make the church what it is. 
and for us to be able to feel uh, like we know exactly what we're supposed to be doing, how important it is for us to serve personally and individually in that work. And we give you thanks for the opportunity to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.